0: The Hawks have won three of the last four and are now equal on wins with a gluttony of teams towards the bottom end of the ladder. But the signs are beautiful. The Giants and the Blues are equal on wins with the Hawks. But at the time of recording, they haven't played. But what a win it was at the MCG. The highly fancied Brisbane came to the MCG and faltered once again against a handball-happy and young-running Hawthorne side that is taking the competition apart bit by bit purely because we're going that well, we can't tank properly. But anyway, we move on from that, and a man who not only delivered one of the better player reviews he's ever delivered – He's actually claiming credit for the win because he was in the stands. He was right next to Sam Butler as he dribbled at home. And frankly, I need him to explain himself on why he thinks that he is the reason the Hawks delivered a four-goal win. But he does a magnificent job on Talking Hawks, and I welcome him now. Smid, the great man. How are you?
1: Mate, I'm fantastic. And I I just can't concede that it was a coincidence that the first game I attended for the year is the best win for the year. Until I'm proven wrong, I'm claiming it.
0: This is unbelievable behaviour that is going on here at Talkie Hawks. But, mate, what a win it was. Like I said, you were there. In fact, everyone from Talkie Hawks was there at different points of the ground except for myself. bit busy during the morning, so I couldn't head down. But how good was it? Groundside, mate. I know the crowd wasn't maybe as large as what we'd like to. Public transport playing a big role in that at the moment as more level crossings get eliminated across Victoria. But... Mate, it would have been unbelievable scenes, I'm sure.
1: It, it was electric. It felt like a lot more than 35,000. Um, raw, when Dylan Moore kicked that goal late in the fourth quarter, was deafening. Uh, the MCG speakers put on a bit of party music at the very end when the television cameras had uh, stopped filming and when the boys were standing at the front of the race and some party music came on and... Uh, I was sitting right next to the Hawthorne race and all the players had gathered at the front party music was on they were cut and sick to the music dancing the crowd was ca- clapping along and going nuts it was just it was a festival like atmosphere and um you could just sense the pure excitement and joy that this this win brought the group and and brought the fans you know there were there really were some some happy fans in the stands and Uh, rightly so it was an awesome day at the g
0: and the next obvious question that comes from that mate is did you pull out a toe tap yourself or uh
1: i was clapping along but uh nothing too silly nothing too silly
0: which we love from our man now i don't know where you stand mate before we get into the actual six points here because there is still plenty to talk about as we will do throughout the pod Are you the, we just need to enjoy the ride, enjoy the wins, the the heartbreak will come, the blowouts will come eventually as this young side develops? Are you in that basket or are you in the basket that I have found myself in a little bit this morning, the day after the game, of thinking, if we'd only, if Jarman Impey's kick carries another two metres against the Giants, and somehow Darcy Fogarty and Isaac Rankin don't kick those goals from the boundary, either one of them, we would be 12th and a game in percentage out of the eight. Are you are you, are you ruining those losses or are you just treating it as part of the journey?
1: No, nah, it's just part of the journey. This team, and it may sound like a pessimistic view given how exciting the last 24 hours are have been, but this team will get eaten alive in an elimination. Oh, oh yeah, final. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're just not ready for that yet. Um, we just need to enjoy the process. And I don't know if and I don't know how many Talking Hawks fans watched it, but Dylan Moore's interview on the Sunday Free Show this morning was yeah, unbelievable, and he outlined a few of the as uh, the similar points that I've just made that this team isn't on the trajectory to play finals this year and, and probably isn't ready to play finals this year. And, and they're self-aware of that, but what they're building is something really exciting for the next, uh, you know, 18 months time to be one of one of the teams spoken about it as a genuine contender. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. And I love the, uh, the Dylan Moore interview. And I also love that, TJ himself had built up how great of a bloke Dylan Moore was, and he absolutely is, and he still gave it the chompers, chomp, chomp, chomp at the end. What a star that he is, my man, Dylan Moore. What a gun he is. Um, None of our points, before we get into them, mate, are about the coaching, because we are more on field, you know, the tactics, the guidance and all that. Scotty Lucas today on Crunch Time, suggesting Sam Mitchell should be in the Coach of the Year conversations. I'm not sure I'm going that far, even though... We love the man, but probably more than even some people in our lives because we love what's going on at the Hawthorne Footy Club. But d- do you think he's now getting lost in... Because remember, if we were tanking, which everyone knows we weren't except for one very loudmouth journo, but if we were going terribly, it, it would be on him because, of course, we know about the succession plan and what happened when he took over from Clarko and yada, yada, yada and how modest he talks about in his press conferences everything is player 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 do you feel like that hawthorne fans can lose sight of the fact that sam mitchell's doing an amazing job and he is laying the foundations for future success whether he's there or not because his game plan works Mm,
1: absolutely and you know you could pull out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of receipts from earlier this year when things weren't going as well as maybe some people thought calling for sam mitchell to be fired and he wasn't the man going forward, and I know you can't buy into people on social media because uh, you know it, there's a lot. Yeah, it'll explode. <laughs> there's there's a lot of interesting people out there, um, but yeah, there were fans who didn't think he was the guy moving forward, which is ridiculous. He's done an awesome job, and I think the proof is in the pudding with the amount of people who have resigned and committed long term to this team. You know. It it can be rare to see people committing to a club who's in the bottom three, but it just goes to show the belief from within, and and that speaks volumes about the coaching, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think it was Liam and I spoke about a couple of weeks ago that the run home post-buy is we could wreck some seasons. It might have already begun because the Saints at the moment are humming, and that a loss like they had could cost them a top-four spot. Brisbane the same, who had to get over some MCG demons, but couldn't. But just a quick recap, the Hawks, 15-8. How good is it to see his kick accurately, by the way? 15-8, 98, defeating the Lions, 11-7, 73. It was just a 10-point lead at three-quarter time, after trailing just quietly by 17 at half time, in which the Lions kicked the last three goals of the quarter, which genuinely happened like... Blinking, you'll miss it style in the last two minutes of that quarter but we've got three major talking points each that we want to go over so we're about seven and a half minutes in already and we haven't started so smid i'll let you go first and uh take it away
1: well my first point and it's it links to the player review that i wrote so if you haven't read it check it out talkinghawks.com you can find it on all the social media platforms that we have uh, but you'll need to read it to understand this but it's the duo of Dash that I've coined uh, and it's the two youngsters coming off halfback Seamus Mitchell and Josh Weddle and I think they have obviously flashed on televised coverage but at the ground you just get a better understanding of you know how quick they are and how much drive they provide? So yesterday, Seamus Mitchell had 21 disposals, four marks. Uh, he kicked the ball at well, he used the ball at 90% efficiency. Five score involvements, 320 meters gained. Uh, he was awesome. He had a few shaky moments early on Charlie Cameron, but I mean Charlie Cameron can make the best of the best look silly. So uh, there's absolutely no no shame in that, but. He, just worked, he got better as the game went on and there was a kick in the fourth quarter where he was pressed up against our goal line and the Hawks fans were urging him to just walk the ball over and rush it. He was well within his rights, but he took on a 20-meter kick that he had to put in between two Brisbane defenders mm. and he hit Juman in the chest yeah. and it was just like... Whoa, okay. That is a seriously ballsy kick that you've just pulled off, mate. So, being to just slide back into the side like he didn't do that was awesome. And Josh Weddle's the other one. 18 disposals, 5 marks. He used the ball at 83%. 4 score involvements. uh, 4 inside 50. So, even though he was playing down back, his ability to get up the ground and impact was awesome. He can play tall. He played a lot of the game on Eric Hipwood and Jack Gunston. Uh, Hipwood got away a few times, but I think that was more being lost in translation. I know Will Day was on him for one of his goals. Uh, there was another goal where Hipwood just slid out the back at a stoppage. So not directly his fault, but those two running off the halfback line for the next 10 years, we've got to remember Weddell is 19 and Seamus Mitchell is 20. And they're doing, they're doing this at the moment. You know, we could genuinely see these two running off the halfback flank for the next 10 years, and uh, it's frightening what they can do. Seamus Mitchell took on Charlie Cameron on numerous occasions and just said, I know you're quick, but I'm pretty quick myself. He had three running bounces and launched the ball inside 50. It's just awesome to see what they're doing, and um, I love everything about it.
0: And it, and it was in stark contrast to what Brisbane did off the back of the stoppage as well. Daniel Rich now's 32, uh, the rich flavor, and a favorite of most uh, young footy fans. But he's your, your stop and prop, accurate by foot, but not really um, going to damage you, you know, run 20, kick 50. He's more of your stand and start, drop it 30 or 40 meters away, and hopefully someone else can set up the attacking chain. Kitty Coleman was sub, which I thought was really interesting and albeit an incorrect decision. By Brisbane as well. He came on as the sub and, albeit, he didn't use the ball that great. But he had three line-bursting runs where you just thought, I'm really glad this hasn't been an entire day kind of operation. Um, And if he had a hit, I think it was Dunkley who came at him at centre-half forward in that last quarter. It could have, you know, momentum's a big thing in footy. We don't know what would have happened, but it might have set up something. But, mate, that dash, my goodness, they're going to be special, those two. And and, and I I don't want to let... Your man scrim go by here. Nineteen touches, ninety four percent played on Gunners a bit. Did a very very nice job, your man.
1: Yeah, absolutely, he did, and no no discrediting him. But um, uh, yeah, I don't think we could make it a, a trio of dash. He doesn't quite have the leg speed of the other <laughs> two, unfortunately. Uh, my man,
0: no, probably doesn't have that uh that electric run, but we love him all the same. All right, I'll go to my first one, mate. And it would be remiss of me to not half uh jump on the back of your point but the but the handball game it was uh we've had sorry since the start of the 21st century the hawks have had six seasons where sorry five seasons where they've ranked top five for kicking the footy they have had no seasons in which they've ranked top five for handballing the footy and right now we're the number one team for meters gained via handball in the league since round six We had 215 kicks and 211 handballs on the weekend. We clearly want to handball forwards. And let me tell you, when it's not at our shoelaces, mate, the handballs look beautiful. No one's denying that, and nor will we, which is extraordinary. But what it also does is when you've got a young side that all they want to do is run, and I'm going to give Timmy a shout-out here because his love for Peter Burge is enormous, about the same as it is for Cozzy. And, uh, geez, didn't both of those just age beautifully yesterday? My goodness gracious me. But the confidence in being able to not only run out games, but the ability to want the ball in your hands, to have 426 disposals in a game, a game which, by the way, like I mentioned, we were trailing by three goals by at halftime. The Hawks are wanting to take territory, mate. And to think we're doing this in a side without CJ, which preseason would have seemed nigh on impossible, given what he'd shown at the back end of 2022. I think that this is this handball happy nature. It is a massive credit to the Hawthorne coaching staff, all of them. Uh, I think we need to give a bit of a credit to Cade Simpson as well, who after the Hawks conceded 151 points, the defensive structure looked a lot better on the weekend. Brisbane only kicked 73 uh, what the, the reasons for that will be vast and probably spoken about at a different date. But our ability to want to move the ball forwards mid and our ability to work back defensively, Brisbane didn't score too much on us on turnover in our forward half, which is excellent. You know, if you turn the ball over in your defensive 50, look, you've probably got to live with the fact that your opposition's going to score. But Brisbane only kicked one coast-to-coast goal which is great because Port Adelaide did uh, kick nine on us last week. So fair to say there was some improvement there. The only bit that I want to criticize the happy handball for, Smid, is inside 50. Just kick it. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) boys. We know you're on the run. We know you might be tired. It's very easy to say it from the couch at home or in the grandstand or in the game. But if you're running inside 50 and the option is have a ping or give a handball, I'm more than happy for it to be 70-30. Have a ping. Just just have a ping. Turning the yeah. ball over in your forward half via handball smid is a surefire way to ensure the Talking Hawks crew all turn bald before we're 40. <laughs> and I've got quite a good head of hair, so I don't want that <laughs> to happen. Hey, you're doing better than me, mate. But I love it. I love the look of it, and I love the way that these, these young kids are just going, if you're good enough to catch us, you'll get the ball back, and... Right now, we've got a premiership contender that we're not good enough to get the ball off us.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's actually quite funny. If, if you listen to James Sicily's interview with Fox after the game, Ben Dixon asked him about the handball, and he said it's not something that they train you know, religiously. It's not mm. something that they're constantly working on. It, it is a product of, of fitness, and it's a product of hard work. And, you know, it, it is, it's true because quite often in that second half, we'd, we'd find ourselves in situations where it would be a three-on-two or a four-on-three where the logical thing to do is handball through that chain to get to the loose player at the back and take ground. So even if you're not training it, these are the things that happen through the flow of the game, and, and it is a massive credit to the fitness staff and, um, and having these, these guys prime to run out games at the way that we have been.
0: And the upside to not having it being trained religiously or not being the A plan, the grade A plan, is if it doesn't work and there's no plan B, it's almost like you can't do anything with the footy. But it's not our grade A plan. There's still a way that we can play the game, that we want to play the game. And, you know, you can handball all you like. Give me Connor McDonald's kick to Jai in that third quarter from on the 45. Any day of the week, more than a handball. By no means am I saying otherwise. But if the handball game's not working, we've still got other avenues to go, which is, for me, a hell of a lot better than just going, well, if the handball doesn't work, we're bugged, which against, you know, you look at the early games, the second half against the Bombers, even the Swans game round two, and moments against Melbourne, it did look like if we weren't able to get the ball going by hand, we didn't have a plan B. Well, it looks like we've got A, B, and C at the moment, and they all came to fruition on the weekend.
1: Yeah, and that was personified in that third quarter, I think. Our ability to use, and I call it the... I call it the flying B because it, it is a V motion, and once you get it out, you can fly from it. So it, it's that kick 45 degrees backwards into your defensive 50 using your deepest defender, who's usually free, and then you go on the positive 45 to the other wing, and then you go. And we did that four or five times in that third quarter. Usually it was Sicily kicking backwards to someone like a Hardwick or Weddle who would go to the other side to an Amon or Seamus Mitchell who took ground and that opens up the whole ground. The way we set up the field was fantastic. And I think having that stretches the defense and then you can use the handball because it's not as congested and you can take more ground. So, uh, yeah, absolutely spot on, I reckon.
0: And we had 60 clangers and, and the good part about that is, is most of them would have been in a handball chain that got broken up anyway. And you've got players at the contest. So tick, tick along the way. Now, we spoke about that third quarter, mate, which leads beautifully into your second point in the third for the uh, pod.
1: Yeah, it's the Duke's third quarter masterclass. And this man, his third (laughs) quarter could be one of the best individual quarters I've seen from a Hawk this year. It was just Mm. massive what he did. Uh, Nothing wrong with his first half. He went into halftime with 13 disposals. A mark, a tackle, uh, and I think one clearance. So, you know, not massive numbers. He got his hands on the footy. He flashed a few times with goal assist, Connor McDonald and Mitch Lewis. But, you know, it wasn't a dominant performance. But that third quarter was something else. And the writing was on the wall from the very first centre bounce where he looped around the back of the Hawthorne Ruckman Picked up the ball, stepped the Brisbane midfielder, handballed over the top to Jimmy Warple, and that's what led to the loop for his goal. Uh, he attended six center bounces in the third quarter and he had three center clearances. So fifty percent of the time he was in the center bounce, he was clearing the ball, which is insane numbers. He had twelve total disposals, four marks, a tackle, he had a goal assist to Mitch Lewis after hitting him up on the lead. He had four inside fifties. The numbers are just ridiculous. Um and I think he took it all Hawks fans by surprise last year. We've got to remember last year was his first full season of AFL footy. This this guy's twenty one years old. And if I had two you know, nitpicking criticisms of Newcomb coming into this year, it would have been his field kicking. I yeah. think last year he let himself down with his field kicking and it would be his ability to take over a quarter and and really rip a game in Hawthorne's favour. I think they were the two things that he couldn't do last year and in this game alone, he proved that he could do both of those because he ripped this game away from Brisbane in this third quarter and his kick in this game was outstanding. He he had three direct goal assists for the game, uh, all hitting up players in the Ford 50 he had 11 score involvements. He only had two turnovers from his 28 disposals. It was an absolute masterclass in that third quarter.
0: Yeah, I, I find, and it's kind of a criticism. You know I think of a Jason Horn Francis about this as well. Is every kick had to be a bullet? just everything off his boot just seemed too hard off his boot. Now his ability to just put the ball into space and go, it's actually on you if it doesn't get to you at this point, rather than it's on me for not putting it there. He's just unlocking him, in. And he's our very own here at Talking Hawks. And you can help, if you're listening to this at the moment, you can help us sponsor well, you can help yourself, I should say, sponsor uh, Jai. Not only Jai, but Denver Granger Barris and Jazz Fleming as well as the AFLW looks to heat up as well. The Hawks in the back end are going to be electric and ruin some seasons. TalkingHawks.com slash player sponsorship is the place to go. It's not why Smithy brought him up, but, geez, that's just some elite segueing by uh, our man Daz here, who I'm now referring to in the third person. So that tells me to shut up and get to my next point, uh, which I'm going to do that now, Smith. You think of some of the great ruckmen in the competition. You, you think Tim English who's probably going to be the All Australian ruckman. There's no one else at the Dogs that who's a ruckman there. If English goes down, I think their next ruck stocks Jordan Sweet, and a lot of I say that name, and a lot of Hawthorne fans would be thinking who exactly. Uh, but then you've got your pairings. You've got your Sean Darcy, Luke Jackson. Darcy's out at the moment, but your Darcy Jackson, and of course your Gorn gone Grundy, uh, which helps for fitness, but. You know, none of those four, I think, would be in all Australian contention. Darcy, potentially, but the other three, definitely not. And then you've got your teams with maybe a... Not your battling ruckman, but maybe your next rung down. I think of like an Oscar McInerney, who we played on the weekend. Toby and Ian Curvis for the Tigers, being more than a serviceable ruckman. And then you've got your Rowan Marshall, who probably on potential would might be one of the second or third best uh, ruckman in the competition. Going into this year, the Hawks had a ruck room that had depth, had names, but didn't really have that number one factor. You, you know, Ned Reeves, Lloyd Meek, Max Lynch, Max Ramsden was the room when the year started. We know what's happened, unfortunately, with Max Lynch, and we've brought Clay Tucker in, uh, who's an absolute ripper, by the way. But now I think it's clear. It's me. We have a number one Ruckman at the Hawks, without a shadow of a doubt, and it's a man who wasn't on our list last year. But we have to admit now as Hawks fans that Lloyd Meek is our number one ruck. It's just his ability to get not only around the ground, but it's his ability to impact the contest once the ball leaves a stoppage. He does not need to be the leading hit-out-to-advantage player. Why do I know that? Because the top three players in the competition for hit-outs-to-advantages who who have contested 150 ruck ball-ups, Samson Ryan is number one. Um, uh, what's the uh, Sydney bloke's name that I can't remember the Peter name of? Adams. Peter Laddams is... Yeah, Peter Laddams is number two. Thank you. And Mark Pitnet is number three. What do those three have in common? None of their teams are in the eight. So you can call it a bogus stat if you want. I kind of am because if you're not doing anything with the advantageous hit out, then it doesn't matter at all. Reeves is... A very, very good tap, Ruckman. He can be. But when Lloyd Meek gives me 14 touches, of which only three of them are kicks, and let me tell you, a Ruckman kick in the footy is something that both Jason Dunstall and anyone with eyes does not want, i.e. Andrew Phillips. The fact that the AFL socials called that a goal assist for that snap around the corner against North makes me physically sick. But 11 handballs, seven of them contested, 92% efficiency, doesn't try to do too much with the footy. Five score involvements, four marks, like we said. Two of them contested. Yes, please. Three clearances. Only the 18 hitouts, And we found another Ruckman with a beautiful set-shot routine, Smith. I think of the David Hales, the Peter Everett's, the Paul Salmon's. I'm not saying Lloyd Meek's going to be as good as those. Robbie Campbell's an underrated set-shot kick as well. Yeah. In front of goal, I don't feel any, any indignation when Lloyd Meek is lining up a goal. I just think it's going to go through... And if it doesn't, he ain't going to miss by much.
1: Yeah, and and Big Boy McAvoy, of course, was a absolutely. Oh,
0: how did I forget the Big Boy? My goodness.
1: But you mentioned that he doesn't have to be a great tap ruckman, and and maybe that is the one area that Reeves has over him at the moment. They both had 80 outs. Yeah, well, and, they
0: killed us in hitouts on the weekend. Big O Lloyd, is Lloyd very Meek, good ruckman.
1: Lloyd Meek attended uh, considerably less ruck contests, so. Uh, You're spot on. Lloyd Meek took two contested intercept marks on the weekend, which is Mm. just something you don't see from Reeves. And uh, You're right. It's his ability to get around the ground. He had a game earlier in the year where he had nine tackles. (laughs) He can just impact in so many different ways. And, you know, it's something that... Reeves does not have the ability to do. So I've been a massive Lloyd Meek fan. If you guys are regular readers of the player review, you will know that. But, mm. um, yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: I actually got the hit-outs and clearance stat mixed up there. We did win the hit-outs by six, and I'll touch on the clearances in the contested ball a little bit later. But if we get to a point, if someone had to say, all right, Daz, in three years' time, the Hawks are going to win the flag, who, who are the ruckmen? I'm saying it's... It's Lloyd Meek is the number one ruck. And I genuinely think we can make Max Ramston a, a, a role similar to David Hale. Not David Hale as a player, because I want to put that pressure on a young kid. But your 10 hit-outs a game can be a a deepish target, a good set shot for goal but when a you know a Tim English is getting tired or you know these guys are going through your rotation you know Max Ramsden V Samson Ryan in three years oh, As a Hawthorne fan I'm licking my lips for for these guys so I just I, that's probably the way that I see it now and um yeah the big noodle I don't know if he's hurt I don't know what's going on but I just oh, I'd rather Lloyd in there mm. yeah I'm with you there that's where I, that's where I'm at. But, jeez, uh, what a pick-up from Freo he's been. Our off-season, I reckon, he might go down as one of our best. But anyway, let's get to your third point, mate. And, uh, geez, aren't we excited after a win? My goodness.
1: C-Mac. And I'm talking about the Doveton <laughs> Flyer, Daz. Oh, the, uh,
0: absolutely.
1: The man with the mullet. And this is his breakout performance. This is the game that has put his name on the radar of the national media, uh, he got a seven AFL uh, post that was shared by a few Hawks fan pages. Um, I have boycotted the AFL after the Dan Butler suspension, so I'm purely concentrating on the Hawks. You're a Hawks man. Yeah. yeah, so don't <laughs> ask me about the broader AFL because I wouldn't have a clue. But uh, this was the game that I think we've been waiting for as Hawks fans. and um, He had 28 disposals. He kicked two goals. He had three direct goals, 12 total score involvements, and he also had 19 pressure acts. So not only was he doing his best work offensively, but he was also applying that pressure. And um, this was the game that you thought, yeah, this, this is what we knew we had with him. He's finally put it together for four quarters in an AFL game. He was super busy. He was one of the key components of the forward handball. He had 15 of his 28 disposals with handballs, so um, he got the ball moving forward. I think he's the number one meters gained for handballs that we've got at the moment. So yep. um, he's just creating that offensive drive. And I love, and this says a lot about a 20-year-old kid because you know we've all been 20 if you're over 20, of course, but. Um, most of us, well, we've both been 20 years old. It, You have a bit of an ego. You know, you do. You you think you're the man. And for someone who's a top 20, top 30 draft pick to get dropped back to Box Hill, uh, that could go one of two ways. Either he takes it and does the mature thing and works his way back into the side, or he can spit the dummy and you know, let his season peter out and have another go next year. He took it on the chin. He went back and dominated for one game at Box Hill. He was the sub against West Coast and had nine tackles in about 40 minutes, which yes. just said announced to, the, to the coaching staff, hey, I want to be a part of this. He uh, was the sub again against St Kilda and kicked a vital goal in the fourth quarter. Got a full game last week and played well and then produced his best game of his career so far. I was super happy for him it was an unbelievable performance um and yeah i think getting him around the ball has really helped so i'll I'd, I'd be looking to see him play more and more midfield time as the year goes on
0: yeah it, it's amazing and i remember um over on my youtube channel i used to take the mickey out of essen and putting darcy parish a bloke they drafted in the midfield on a half-forward flank. And and N fans wondering why he wasn't performing at all. Put him into the midfield and you see what happens. I kind of feel the same way about Connor at the moment. Now, it was necessity. He was drafted and we had a, a Mitchell and O'Meara and and the aforementioned guys. And we talked about it a little bit. And what a midfield room that we're building, by the way. And he's definitely a big part of that. But who would have thought? The bloke we drafted as a Ruck Rover, played as a Ruck Rover, and performed. It's kind of like... It, it makes sense and his development's been good and I agree with you I think his ability to not just walk in and go you know you're the man which you know when you're a top 30 draft pick unless you're like a, a Rowland Anderson pairing you're either the best or the second best midfielder in your under 18s team uh, whether that's at you know state league level or of course in the national championships you might be third depending on uh on how good your state team is mate but just how do you not love him that the, and uh, the, the 80s are back, mate. The mullets are going beautifully. I'm not sure if we've got the, uh, the Garriere's covering the number seven, so it looks like a sideways one. I don't think we're there just yet. Not yet. It's good to see. What a man yeah, he is. We've got a few, a- a few of the
1: young boys are carrying, the, carrying the flag at the moment. Connor McDonald, Bailey McDonald, Josh Weddle are the three that stand out. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm loving it. I, I, I rate it.
0: And uh, I, and Stuart Broad nearly turned me off headbands forever, but Jai's brought it back, so I'm good with it yeah. as well. It's going beautifully. All right, mate. Let's finish with uh, one of the more important aspects of footy and probably the one that gets spoken about the least, and that is uh, what's between the ears. The mental side of a young team is going to be the next part of the Hawthorne development. And we know what happened in the horror show against Port, the way that we started, was horrific. So I thought I'd take a look at the first quarters and then relate to what happened on the weekend. So currently... If you just if if football was one quarter it was just half an hour long um be incredibly boring but anyway we would be 7 and 6 at the moment now I don't have the percentage right in front of me because we did jump on a bit earlier in the day than normal but 7 and 6 at the moment would have us eighth because I feel like our percentage would be better than the 101.1 that the bulldogs are presenting at the moment however We've conceded three plus goals in first quarters this year eight times, which wouldn't be a bad thing, except that we keep giving up the momentum in those times because we're two and six in those first quarters with the Saints and the aforementioned Lions game the only wins. But what it did do, mate, is it let us kick accurately. So when Brisbane did get momentum, and Sam Mitchell talked a bit about this a little bit, I should say, in his press conferences. When Brisbane inevitably got momentum, because of course they would, they're a decent footy team. We weren't too far behind on the scoreboard. Like Sam said, if if it was 3-2 to 3 behinds, any other game, we would have just let it go. Because we would have been too far behind. We've only kicked more goals than behinds in first quarters this year four times out of 13. So we're starting games inaccurately. And you may look at a 2-2 record when we've done that. But one of them was the Crows. So that's a little bit stiff, I feel. So we're 2-1 we're and, and a close one, if you want to look at it like that. We ended up losing the clearances by 20. And considering we were one of the best centre clearance differential teams in the competition before the Port Adelaide game, I think at the end of this weekend, um, if North, GWS, Carlton Essendon and Collingwood Melbourne are about average, if they stick to their averages... In the space of a fortnight, we'll have gone from first to seventh, which is yeah. not great. But anyway, we ended up winning the inside 50 count by 15 and contested ball by 13. So we were on. Effectively, that's the term. You know, they, they call it the, uh, the footy light switch. We were on from the start. And we need to take our chances early, mate, because if we can stay in games when we give up momentum, we're a young team. We're going to give up goals in big stretches. We've conceded, I think, four-plus goals in the third-most amount of quarters this year, with, of course, West Coast and North leading the pack there. If we can stay in games, mate, and then get that momentum back, luck stopping us. And the more wins into a young group, the quicker success is going to come.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. And you, you can already see... I, th- I think it was obvious yesterday. The belief that the West Coast and St Kilda wins gave this group. Hmm. It, it was a different looking team than what it was six weeks ago, and, and that's that's what a win can do. It, it's quite quite weird, really, and the amount of faith that a, a result gives you, and that and that's why I could never understand the that we need to lose for the number one draft pick no. because. A couple of wins and look what we've done to Brisbane. And I can nearly guarantee, and it's all hypothetical, but I can nearly guarantee if we'd still only won one game and Brisbane got out to a 17-point lead at halftime yesterday, we would have lost that game by 10 goals. Yeah. But the, the, the two wins before and the good second half last week, has built ingrained a belief in this group that when we play our best footy we can take it up twenty one and that's what happened.
0: Fourteen of the last sixteen quarters, mate, we've played the Hawthorne brand. And it's and it's and it's looked really, really good. So that's it from us. I wish we could talk about I could talk another hour and a half about this game, I reckon, mate. But on Wednesday night at eight o'clock you can catch our live stream on YouTube facebook or twitter and of course you can get involved on facebook and youtube by getting your comments in and we will feature the best ones throughout the live stream as per usual go check out smithy's player review talkinghawks.com you'll see it there on the home page a magnificent shot of the boys as they are about to come down the race after their magnificent win Smithy will have his uh, classic review on hold this week as we head towards the bye with a 4-9 and nine record, but there will be plenty of stuff coming soon. We hope you've enjoyed this pod. Give it a like if you can. Subscribe to the show. Have a good one, Hawks fans. Enjoy this. We definitely will, and until next time.